Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here from Radio Row. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. And Chad, we had to leave Nashville, arrive in Phoenix to have the Hollister twins join us on set, uh, who both reside in Nashville. Uh, Cody and Jacob. Uh, Cody with the Tennessee Titans currently. And, Cody yeah, and Jacob, and Jacob for, those, for those confused <laughs> that are watching right now. Jacob with the Seahawks, and uh, you guys have uh, been making the rounds today. Oh yeah! Thanks for stopping by. Of course, yeah, man. Sure. Thanks, Thanks for having us. us. Anybody from Nashville, we gotta we gotta be a part of it. Yeah. So uh, you guys have a Super Bowl ring. I do. You, uh, same team, mm -hmm. Patriots, but you didn't participate in the game. I'm not knocking that. You got the ring. Yeah. yeah. How jealous are you of the Kelsey brothers oh, as man. they face off against one another? Yeah, I think that's that's definitely like the next step in the dream because like when I was with the Seahawks and he was with the Titans. There was a scenario where we could have aligned and played each yeah. other. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm just I'm happy for them, honestly, just their whole family. It's, it's a dream come true. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, just I was going to say the same thing. It's one thing to watch. We're on the same team, so it was cool. But, yeah, but yeah you dream of that, like, both this, this highest form of, of competition. Yeah. You're both playing. And so, I mean, for them, it's incredible. Their mom, we keep seeing stuff about their mom, splitting the jerseys <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah. and. So it's really exciting, not just for you guys, but, I mean, the whole family getting sure. to experience it. I think the toughest part, Chad and I discussed this earlier in the week, and last, uh, last, last week, I believe, um, the toughest part would be the brother who lost, and I would feel bad for my brother losing the Super Bowl more yeah. than I would feel great that's, about winning the Super that's it, Bowl. That's, that's it. Because we feel for each other. It's like, I want to win, but we do. I don't want you to lose. And, yeah. yeah. And then do we celebrate? But, yeah, I'm sad. That, you know, like, do, you, do you go to the Super Bowl party for them? Yeah, like, yeah show <laughs> up. Like, and, hey, super. guys, can I hang out with you guys <laughs> sure. while you celebrate your win? If you play like, with Burrow, fine, Burrow's throwing the party face. anyway. Yeah. 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 Like, like last year, he threw a losing Super Bowl party. Sure, Apparently man. it was a blast. Well, yeah. I, I have two brothers. They're, they're both a little bit older. So we didn't quite have that sibling rivalry. But it's yeah. still there. Mm -hmm. You know, it exists. I was thinking about this with the Kelsey brothers. And you guys play the same position. I play so, it receiver and tight end. It's the receiver so, yeah. tight end, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the same side of the ball, yeah, yeah, I should yeah. say. It should pay the same. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Kelsey, both on offense, they're not going to square off head-to-head right. -head on the field. That, to me, would be painful. Yeah, like, just thinking about your brother, especially you guys, twins, yeah. you know, if you're playing safety, mm -hmm. right, For and sure. you're at receiver, and you guys are squaring off, and you're going to be involved in big plays in a Super Bowl, yeah. Weird. Think for a second what that would be like, yeah. and how would you guys handle that? Well, we yeah. thought about it because special teams was a possibility that we'd line up against each other wow. if we did. Because Tennessee, we played the Jaguars last year. We didn't end up competing against each other, but we thought, what if we get lined up on special teams against each other? Like, it's just so tough because yeah. we call it brother-in-lawing. If if you kind of let <laughs> someone go and practice and not try yeah. your hardest, and they're like, don't brother-in-law it. And, I'm not going to lie, it'd be hard, but we agreed, like, we're going to give it our yeah. – we can't not do our absolute best. So I'm like, hey, you're going to get my best. I'm going to get your best. Yeah. You can know, you, can you imagine the uh, the trash talk you would get from Vrabel 
yeah. if he got the best of you in that game in special teams? I wouldn't want to hear that. <laughs> the, it would be on the low lights for sure. I, wouldn't, I would not want to hear that one. 100%. Ackerman, Craig Ackerman oh, would yeah. have a heyday. Where, yeah. where does Vrabel rank in terms of trash talkers? Uh, it, all your playing days, high school, college, NFL, where would he rank against everyone you've gone against that's talked for trash? For him, it's always like out of nowhere he'll say something where you just don't expect it. And it's always with like firm confidence and, and to where it's, he's just, he's a player's, you know, he's a former player. And so he just knows how to talk with the guys. And so I love it because he'll come trash talk with a player or a teammate. And it's just that like banter that you don't expect. Yeah. And you just love though, because he'll just come up with something random and you're like, I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah. <laughs> he completely knocks you off your game for so much sure. whenever he says that there's no comeback. Yeah. There's not even a response. Yeah. That's the best type of trash talk. Sure. Yep. Larry Bird-like when, oh, I, when yeah. I hear oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cody and Jacob Hollister with us on Outkick 360. Um, I know you're, in a, you're, you're a musician. Yeah. He is Same. Too, yeah. We both play, yeah. So that's why you're in Nashville? Uh, that's a, you well, know, I know you're there for it. your job, but I'm saying, like, you also kind of reside you settle there. Down, yeah. It's a part of it, yeah. So sure. what's the ultimate the uh, dream of what you guys are doing? Are you wanna, or, is it a songwriter? you play guitar? What? Yeah, the dream would definitely be, you know, even during this football career, just tra- really just working on craft and singing and, and playing. And, but really, yeah, you know, be artists and, and yeah. sing and write. Yeah. We love writing songs. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, just that passion. It's just a passion right now, but then, yeah, for sure, progressing. And, is and it country? Is it uh, – what, what are we – we're actually we're we're similar in a lot of ways, but also different. He's he's more soulful. I mean, my my uh, style of writing tends to be more country folk, Americana, Americana type. I'm um, like soul singer songwriter, yeah. you know, kind of mix of. of but yeah, stuff. it's really the it's really the songwriting aspect that I, I enjoy, mm-hmm. um, just the creative. But what what we also have found, you know, moving to Nashville is we have such a respect for musicians and how professional they are. Where it's so easy to say. I mean, people come to grind, the football man. field and say, "Oh, I think I could do it," but. It's the same thing with music, you know, where we, we fully realize if we wanted to be good at it, you have to put a lot of time in and a lot of work um, to get there. And so by no means am I saying I could be the best tomorrow, but I, but I am very passionate about it. I know that Cody's very passionate. He's been doing it longer than I have. And, and so it's something that we would love to do moving forward. Cody. Are, are we thinking um, duo here or is this, is this a Liam and Noel Gallagher situation? Are you guys going to break up at some point or is it? Two different lanes we're talking about. We'd musically. love that. We'd love that together. I think yeah. it more it has more power together. So we would love that. Yeah, we'd love to find a way to do it together. That's yeah. awesome. Chad's a big boy band fan. So oh yeah, yeah. yeah he would. If you guys need, we got two other guys here. <laughs> you know, to be in sync or Backstreet Boys, you need one more. I see a lot of guys walking around. You guys dance? We can have five. Absolutely not. Okay. Look at me. <laughs> I, yeah, no one wants to see me dance. I did in high school though. We had like an all male beauty pageant that the okay. dance team would throw out, Flexing. and I was in high school during the the, the height of the boy band era okay. and I had to dance to I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys no way. The, f- the 10 finalists you broke off into teams of 5 yeah. and you had like 10 minutes to prepare choreographed oh, no. dance lip syncing no to a boy band song and mine was Backstreet Boys I Want It That Way wow. not really folk you know not, not in the lane you're in <laughs> not but, so uh, much a little folk. outside yeah, a little, little bit different um, yeah. it, it didn't work out for me as you guys can see <laughs> there are people that get us mistaken all the time I'll oh, get yeah. called Withrow he gets called I just go with it really? right um, <laughs> this happens every day for you guys right every day yeah I mean we really respond to Jacob and Cody yeah, say either name and we'll, we'll look yeah. up if you guys swap teams would your coaches know the thing, I think we could pull it off for a few days, but then, yeah. you know, I'd be on the outside running, and they'd be kind of disappointed <laughs> in my speed compared to him. And so and he'd go against the corner, and it wouldn't look good. And I'd, I'd go against the DN, and it wouldn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> is there a difference in weight? I'm trying to look yeah. at you guys right now. I'm guessing the tight end's a little bit. Yeah, there yep. we go. Yeah. Now Can I see there's a little bit, little bit bulkier. Yeah. yeah. 
20, no, he's 20 got pounds 20 pounds heavier. on yeah. him. Okay. 240, he's 220. Is it harder to keep the weight on or off? It's harder to keep it on for us. We just yeah. natu naturally we're down in that 220 range. And so o linemen slim oh, like, yeah. fast so when fast. they retire. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for me, it's always been tougher to keep the weight on. Have you guys ever played it off when someone mistakes you for the other and just went with it? Yeah, or there be an interview be, or just talk to them for a while and oh, see yeah, how long be, you keep it going? They'll be walking in Nashville especially because now we both live there and when I first moved there, I've been there for a while, and then Jacob moved there, and then people would randomly text me like, "Are you? Are we good? Like, are, <laughs> yeah. you, are you mad at me?" And like one of my buddies would text me, I'm like, "Dude, why?" And, and he's like, "You just walked by me, didn't even say anything. I tried to say hi." And so yeah. now, when, now when we have yeah. someone say what's up, I know it's they think I'm Jacob, and I'll just dap them up and be like, yeah. "You know, my especially on the field, I've had Derek Carr be like, "Brother, I miss you. I oh, love that's you. awesome." And I'm like, "Yeah, twin, twin." Yeah. Well, we try to get so we uh, we're gonna talk to Dory Jackson, and we were talking to him earlier about. Um, he looks just like ASAP Rocky, the, the rapper. So what I told him was, the next time someone mistakes you for ASAP Rocky, especially on Radio Row, yeah. just do the interview sure. as ASAP Rocky and yeah. see how long you can do it, yeah. and then have someone film it, and it'd be a great bit. Until yeah. they ask you to freestyle. I think if there's yeah. a Seattle, <laughs> yeah. look, if there's a Seattle radio station here, you know, or yeah. you guys should go on the other one for and sure. see how long you can carry it on. I'd be, I'd be down for that for sure. I'm sure you know the other ones, you know, season well, too. Oh, yeah. You're following each other. 100%. We could pull it off for at least a couple minutes. Yeah. Do you watch the others' games? Oh, yeah. yeah. The week of? Do you go back and, and watch it in full? Yeah. Now, when, we, when we can, we're fully watching. I mean, I'm watching every snap you yeah. know, when I can and, and going back. And, I mean, even sometimes at halftime, I've, like, checked just to see if my brother had catches and yeah. what he's doing. And, and we're really into it. That's awesome. I'll be, like, peeking at the scoreboard. But even tape, because there'll be, like, a special team, like, kickoff return, and I'm like, Hey, do you have any advice on this guy? You faced him, you know, blah, 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 yeah. playing the backside five. And I'll go watch his technique and be like, actually, that's really helpful. And so, you know, a guy designed just like me, I better use his technique yeah. if it worked. And it does. The Hollister twins with us. Um, uh, how many times have you guys been cut? I've been cut more than you. Maybe. I, think. I don't know at this point. I mean, yeah, maybe not now. This last, this last year was a yeah, this last couple I think years. seven for me. Seven. That, yeah. I don't think people realize the back end of a roster. Yeah. You know, and the back and forth, especially with the rules now from active roster yeah. on Saturday, and you could go right back to the practice squad yeah. or whatever. Um, but the grind of that and then actually trying to latch on to the active roster and stay there. Yeah. Um, is it maddening? Is it, I mean, to this point, it's normal. Mm. Uh, and I mean no disrespect by this, by oh, the yeah. way. It's no, a great yeah. gig. It, it pays it well. But the the realizing the dream to all, only go back on the on the free agent market for a day or whatever yeah. it's got to be a, a a terror in a way you're worried about it yeah i mean it challenges everything in you when you get cut and yeah and your identity and so my faith in the lord has just totally been challenged in those moments of like all right god you got a purpose for me you got a plan for me and and so in those times i'm like you got to know who you are and have yeah. confidence because if you don't you're going to crumble and be insecure and man why this happened what are they what are the coaches thinking all this different stuff you got to know who you are as a player, not think too hard into things, and just be like, I'm going to keep my nose down and grind. Yeah, that's exactly – I mean, to have the confidence in yourself is definitely what's most important through this process, I feel like. Because, I mean, there's been years when I'm, okay, I'm for sure on this team and yeah. I'm going to have a lot of playing time, all that stuff, and there's years when it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen this time. And so just having the confidence in yourself to know, okay, no, no matter what happens, I know that I'm good enough to be a player in this league and, and have a role. And so that's the most important in my eyes. And, and every cut is not the same, like, sure. like you were saying. So <laughs> was there a time you were most surprised where you were doing something in camp or you were with the team, you're thinking, all right, I'm going to make this team, yeah. and then you were surprised cut? I'm sure yeah. there are other times you're thinking, yeah, based on the roster or the situation or the reps, this yeah. probably isn't going to work out. Mm -hmm. When were you most surprised? 
Uh, I was most surprised probably, probably this year uh, with the Raiders because um, I know I had a good role going into the season and then I had a knee injury um, in the preseason. And so I know I had a great role. I loved the team, everything. And then I was out, you know, leading up to the first game and I wasn't healthy for the first game. Um, so they decided to release me on a settlement um, rather than keeping me around because Darren was dealing with some injuries yep. too. So I was really surprised by that, honestly. Um, but that was another situation. It's like, all right, I'm going to go back and get healthy for four weeks, train, get ready to roll, and, and get back out there. And then I, I had one where I made the roster and we celebrated it. It's amazing. This is great. Literally after week one, I was cut, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. no way. It was my first year making the roster, you know, beginning of the season. I'm like, this is, you know, you start projecting, this is my year, Lord. And I got cut after week one, and I was devastated. You got to walk back into the building and, and still have your head held high, still still work hard and, and grind. But it takes a lot. You got to you got to put down your pride and, and just go work hard. And it ties into he gets us oh, and why sure. you're here. Hundred percent. Yeah, he gets us is amazing, man. We we were presented with this opportunity um, a couple of weeks ago to come out here and um, really what we love about it, it represents um, what we do kind of on a daily basis in our lives and how we try to approach our lives, which is just loving people really well. And they're kind of taking this approach on this third way, which is getting outside of the fighting and, and just you know going at each other's throats all the time and just being like, let's go back to what Jesus came here to do and, and really just trying to live like he did, which is just loving people well and trying to understand them. Yeah, and you see the relatability of Jesus because yeah. he came as fully man and fully God. Mm. So the fully man side of him felt every emotion, yeah. every trial, every, you know, he was turned on by friends, literally yeah. the closest of friends to him. So he feels everything that you feel. And so we get to see the image of God uh, as man and feel everything. So every, every hardship I go through, I know that Jesus felt it. For the skeptic out there, you know, who maybe has been harmed by their image of God or, or Jesus because of someone, because of a broken person that's, that's acted in, in a human way, yeah. well, this is a good opportunity to say Jesus is a loving, is a loving was man, but also God. But Jesus, we want to say, is, is that we're going to be known for our love mm. of people. And so we get to be a part of this, which is, which is loving people well. Cody and Jacob Hollister have been our guests on Radio Row. Good to meet you guys. Yeah. Uh, next gig you play in Nashville, let us know. Okay. Yeah. We'll be We'd there. We'd love to go. We'll yeah, broadcast live. Li live show from the next gig. Okay. That's what we'll do. Yeah. And you'll dance. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Chad yeah. will be the I'll uh, bring four buddies uh, from yeah. high school, and we'll, you know, we'll dance. <laughs> Good to meet you guys. Appreciate Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having us. Hey, uh, coming up, Hinden Hooker will join us with some headlines as well on the other side. Stick with us. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. 
That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network, our Super Bowl 57 radio row coverage for Outkick 360. Coming up uh, in a matter of minutes, Hendon Hooker will join us. A uh, conversation we had yesterday. Also, a, a bit later, in roughly 40 minutes, Armando Salguero will sit down with us live here on Radio Row. We'll talk about his uh, uh, column from earlier today at OutKick uh, in reaction to the Roger Goodell presser from yesterday. And uh, still to come, Tim Brown, Sean Merriman, and more. Speaking of Roger Goodell, we ended the show yesterday hitting some of the highlights of the presser, the state of the NFL, as we like to call it. And uh, one of the big talking points across social media was Roger Goodell's discussion and thoughts and opinion on the state of officials and officiating right now in the National Football League. Yes, we listen to all the voices. Let's just start with that point. But we'd like to go to the facts, ultimately. So just to take your point, are we losing people from the field to the, the booth, uh, there are some that never even officiated on the NFL field. And so we didn't lose anyone. May have lost them from our office, but we didn't lose them from officiating on the field. Others are taking on that responsibility at the end of their careers. So I do not think that's a factor at all, zero. Uh, I think for us, when you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. There are over 42,000 plays in a season multiple infractions could occur on any plate. Take that out and extrapolate that. That's hundreds, if not millions of, of, of potential fouls. And our officials do an extraordinary job of getting those. Are there mistakes in the context of that? Yes, they are not perfect and officiating never will. But we've also had obviously replay and other aspects that help us address those issues to make sure they're not uh, something that uh, we can't correct on the field. Communications between our office, that is not the case the, in the championship game. That, that was stopped appropriately because the clock was running by an official on the field. That happens frequently in our game. That's not an unusual thing to have that happen. So again, we want to go back and look at the facts. We may not disagree, we may not agree with every TV announcer or every officiating expert, but we think our officials are doing a great job, but we're always gonna look through our competition committee and everything else we have, how we improve our officiating, but it will never be perfect. In addition, I think we all have to realize through the quality of what we see on our broadcast, you've never been able to see the kinds of things that you can see today. And you see it in super slow-mo, you see it where you can actually stop it. Sometimes that distorts a call potentially, but the reality is our officials are held to an incredibly high standard, and I think they meet it. Will we try to get better? You betcha. So if he's accurate in that last point about the high standard. The problem, Chad, the perception, and I'm a believer in perception is reality. The best officials are leaving for media gigs, rules analysts, and not just from the global like network span, like we would see with Mike Pereira, but the in-booth broadcasts, two or three of them now have their own guy. And 
those were all lead officials, lead crews, um, white hats for Super Bowls. They're now working up in the booth instead of officiating games when it was a much better communication process than what we have right now. Well, and Hutton, you and I have both had conversations with people that are either in the league or have been in the league in the past. And part of the issue is also I, I don't know that the current hiring structure for officials in the NFL is a pure meritocracy. And that's, that's part of this mm-hmm. as, as well, um, you know, with a lot of issues going on. Um, I, I just wish the last part of what he said, I agree with you. He's right. The standard the, to other football there's leagues. There's a I'm lot saying. of research done. Yeah. They're watching everything. They're holding them to a high standard. There's plenty of resources put into it. And there's no way. If human error is a part of every sporting event when you talk about officiating, right? There's, I don't want that removed from the game. And no one's asking for the perfect game. But what right. people are asking for are, you know, clarity on what's happening in the moment if the game is stopped. Um, just not the situations you saw, especially in that AFC championship game, where there's confusion about game administration. To me, that's the biggest thing. You can debate all day about, you know, pass interference or not or holding or not, or whatever it may be. We're talking about bigger issues than that, and issues to me that are easily rectified yeah. within the league. So acknowledge that much. You know, to act like it was, well, this is something that happens all the time. No, it was different. The reaction to it was different. Well, what we saw in those games was a little bit different. It's fine to say that and then go, but we're continuing to review processes and how we how do we administer things and we're going to keep looking at it the biggest issue though and and you're right there the lack of communication there is not a mike Pereira or a dean blandino that's speaking on behalf of the officials the the first comment that we receive other than a written statement is from goodell at this presser where he's acting like everything is just perfect and uh of course it's not but they don't have that voice that assures fan explains the process and that's that's the biggest difference from the, the two eras where did they come out and discuss every single thing? No. But they were media appearances, describing things in local markets where, you know, the, the seventh game on CBS, if there was an officiating problem, Pereira would hop on with that radio program the next day on that Monday and describe and go through the process of why, what happened ended up being the best solution or the right or wrong call. They're not doing that now. And that is where the doubt comes in. And fans can see it for themselves. We don't have to take everything that Roger Goodell says as the gospel, especially when it comes to this. Um, Transitioning. Quarterback. We had a great one who uh, just got done with the SEC play. He's injured, but he's going to the draft. And chances are he's a day two pick. Here's our chat from yesterday with Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker. Our coverage from Super Bowl 57 Radio Row continues across the OutKick network. This is OutKick 360. Pleased to be joined by Tennessee quarterback and soon-to-be draft pick Hendon Hooker. You know, and uh, we were actually in the stadium for the game against Ball State. I think it took you guys 28 seconds to score. Mm-hmm. Interception on the first play, touchdown pass to Hyatt, mm-hmm. who we're talking to also on the, on the next play. <clears throat> Did you feel like, okay, this may be what we talked about all offseason? 
this is the expectation now. And I got the sense even in that route against a team you should have beaten that we kind of expect some of this now at Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and, and what's crazy about it is we were celebrating on the sideline with the defense for so long that the shot clock was winding down, <laughs> and I'm screaming to the O-line to get set so I could send my motion. Um, and, and I remember uh, the line just snapping down immediately, and, and I sent the motion, and he was aware of the shot clock as well. He got set fast, uh, and Jay Hyatt made a great read on his route, um, and, and I just delivered him the ball, and he made a great play after that. But... Um, yeah, you know, just that expectation and, and that, that belief that, you know, we're going to come out here and enforce our will um, on every opponent that, that we face. What does Heisman momentum feel like in the moment? Mm -hmm. it, it just it, it feels like, um, you know, everything that you've prepared for and everything that you've worked for is coming into fruition. Um, you know, I couldn't have, couldn't have dreamed it any other way. Uh, I prayed for it, um, you know, since a young age and, and um, you know, really believed in um, you know, my, my abilities and, and I was blessed with, with such great abilities and to be surrounded by such great people in Knoxville and in the facility at Tennessee and my teammates, uh, they were very encouraging and, um, you know, never, never felt like it was too much on me just because I had such a great support system. We're just friends here talking now, you know, one Tennessee guy to another. I'm a Tennessee <laughs> yeah. grad also. Yeah. I was terribly disappointed. Uh, when you weren't invited to New York. Mm -hmm. I understood the injury at the end of the year, maybe not winning it, but we talked about it on our, on our show. That was terribly disappointing to me. It had to be disappointing to you to just miss the cut of being in New York. Because of Tennessee's lack of a Heisman Trophy winner throughout their history, I thought just going to New York in the ceremony would have been huge. What mm -hmm. was your initial reaction? Um, you know, I didn't even want to watch the announcement of the finalists i remember me and my roommate joe just kind of sitting on our patio and just watching the cars drive by and just talking about um, you know how the season uh transpired um and how i was looking forward to him playing because at this time I'm, I'm hurt so you know I'm, I'm talking to him about the next game hey man like i'm ready i'm ready, I'm ready to see this uh joe milton train uh up and running strong and um i just got a text from my mom she was like i'm so sorry so i, I knew then that i didn't make it but uh you know it was it was tough, but, um, you know, those guys, they deserved it as well. They're big-time ball players, and I'm a fan of all their games as well. Senior Bowl made an exception for you. Mm -hmm. We had Jim Nagy on to talk about it and said you were such a big focal point in college football. They felt like it was good to invite you, and so many teams wanted to talk to you. How much do you think that process of talking with NFL teams helped you in the upcoming draft? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it helped me, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, just getting to know uh, different organizations and getting to know um, – you know, different coaches and also, you know, just making a lot of new friendships um, in the player world from, from guys around the country and, um, you know, guys that I've played against to actually be able to have real conversations with them and not just some junk talking on the field or just post-game, um, you know, oh, man, you played a great game, things of that nature. But uh, it was a great experience. Uh, shout out to Jim Nagy and the Senior Bowl for allowing me to, um, you know, fulfill a lifelong dream. Uh, me and Bayless Jones, when we were roommates, when I first got to Tennessee, we had um, a, a set of, of goals that we wanted to hit, and it went from the SEC championship to um, the national championship to senior bowl to the combine to the draft. And uh, we had that up on our door, and every day when we walked out, you know, we, we saw that. And, um, you know, Valis led the way last year, and, and hit, we didn't hit the SEC or the national championship mark, but um, he hit every other mark. And, and just to be able to go to the – to the Senior Bowl was a blessing. 
there's this constant knock on the quote-unquote system quarterback. Mm -hmm. Mike Leach guys had it for years. I think Josh Heupel guys are getting a little bit of that now. We're all guilty of it at times when we see someone put up insane numbers like you did over not even two full seasons at Tennessee. But as the year went on and I watched more and more of you, I'm thinking the guy doesn't throw interceptions. Uh, he throws good power. He throws mm -hmm. with touch. He's accurate. He's a good leader on the team. And then people started to kind of come around and think, this, this guy looks like a pro quarterback, mm -hmm. even if he's playing in this system. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest knock or criticism you hear about your game or the system at Tennessee yeah. that you want to debunk right here and now? Yeah, um, it's a lot of misconception on what I do. Um, they think that I don't make you know, pre-snap calls. That it's or, kind of a sandlot yeah, game. Yeah, like they just think, like, hey, run to the 30 and I'll throw it to you. Like, no, that's not what we're doing. I still have to identify the defense. I still have to make sure that um, the runs that we have are, are good runs into um, you know, good defensive fronts. Uh, if not, I have to check the play. Um, I still go under center uh, occasionally. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, he's never gone under center. Well, I've played in two different offenses as well. So, um, and you added that this yeah. season where mm -hmm. you guys yeah. are scoring touchdowns under Ex center. Exactly, and threw some passes from under center as well. Yeah. So um, just I get a lot of, you know, it's a lot of misconceptions. So um, honestly, I'm a, I'm a quarterback all around. I can do everything um, from getting in the huddle, calling the play call, to getting under center, to taking a regular traditional drop, which I've been doing since I was four years old. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of misconception, but, um, the quarterbacks that are coming out of Tennessee from coach Heupel and coach Hosley and Mitch Maletalo, um, we're going to be well above, um, in a lot of aspects just because of how we're taught and, and how we, um, you know, how we elevate our, our mindset at Tennessee. Hendon Hooker with us on Outkick 360. Uh, aside from the knee, what's mm -hmm. the question you received most at the Senior Bowl? Did you meet with all 32 teams? Yes. Because, okay, yeah, all 32. All 32. Mm -hmm. um, because you, they can meet with every player there if they want to. Mm -hmm. Outside of just the, oh, how, how's the ACL, what are they yeah. wanting to know? Um, you know, they, they want to know my day-to-day -day life. So um, it, it, you only get 15 minutes with each team. Mm. So uh, I tell them, like, if I get into my everyday Life, our 15 minutes is going to be up by the time I get through Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it, it was a blast to sit down and actually talk ball. Um, a couple of teams, you know, wanted to see some of my favorite plays in different situations, some third down, some third and long, third and, third and, short, third and short, um, some, some drive starters, some things of that nature. So just kind of really, you know, being a football junkie that I am, you know, I'm excited to jump out there. I'm asking them, you know, what defense would you like it into? Um, and they'd tell me a defense, tell me a front. Um, and I, I talk about different intricates of the play. Uh, so it was just a blast to be there and be amongst such great football minds and, and learn from them as well um, And as, as I show uh, my football mind. And you're good, you, um, you said last week you feel like you'll be ready for the season mm -hmm. with your knee, right? Yes. Everything's on schedule? Yes, sir. Ready yeah. for training camp? Yeah, ready even? for training camp. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a daily process. Um, I'm, I'm always, you know, ready to get back, but I'm not in a rush to get back. I want to make sure that I'm 100% healthy and that I can perform at a high level, uh, even higher level than I have been. So uh, everything's on Joe Milton mm -hmm. moving forward. I'm curious from this perspective. He starts, you come in, and you said that impacted your overall play. That helped you. I remember this back in August when we were speaking. Do you think being roommates with him and your impact on him now helps him next season? Yes, yes. Uh, we had this conversation the other day, and he was, 
he was saying, man, I, I thank you for um, making me a morning person. And now I wake <laughs> up, he said, now I wake up, you know, really early and I'll sit and meditate, um, you know, kind of taking the same steps that I take in my day to day. Um, and to see him incorporate that um, and, and help him, uh, it almost brought a tear to my eye. But, um, you know, I'm, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help my teammates and my brothers uh, however I can. And I told him the same thing. A lot of things that he, he taught me, you know, on the field. I'm like, man, you, you took my game to a whole nother level, and I couldn't thank you more. You know, that performance against Clemson in the Orange Bowl, I thought was really mm -hmm. important. Yeah. Because you go out there, and if there's a drop-off, a huge drop-off from you to, to him, you're going to start asking the question, should you bring in another transfer? Should there be competition? All of these things. Mm -hmm. What did you make of his performance in that game, top to bottom? I, I was impressed. He looks yeah. like a better, more improved quarterback than the year before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we, we both do. Yeah. Um, coming in from, from last year to this year, we both made an emphasis on taking our game to the next level mentally and physically. Uh, I remember after the SEC uh, media day, Joe picked me up from the airport. We went straight to the indoor, and it was just me and him in there throwing. Uh, any chance we got to elevate our game, that's what we did. And um, before the game, I was, I was telling Joe, I said, Joe, man, I really hope you go out here and throw seven touchdowns. Just light it up. Um, and, and he was he was ecstatic to go out there and uh, you know showcase um, what he's been working on, um, and he showed it off all year. You know, anytime mm -hmm. that he was in the game, it was no drop off. Um, you know, it, and that's what we talk about. We make sure that the first group is 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 the same as the second group. The second group looks exactly as the first group does, and Joe did a great job of that all season, staying even killed and coming in and jump starting his Heisman campaign. Who's your favorite quarterback to watch and study in the NFL? Mm -hmm. uh, Deshaun Watson. I love watching him. I love watching Josh Allen, uh, Derek Carr. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes does some wicked things. So, uh, you know, I try, try to emulate a little bit of that, but not, not too much. Um, Who do you think you're most like of those yeah. guys you watch? Deshaun Watson. Yeah. For sure. Uh, the way he had lose the pocket is slippery, uh, hard to tackle, very accurate. Um, I remember taking a visit to Clemson um, my 11th grade year and, and watching him on the first drive go like seven for seven and then ended off with a touchdown to Mike Williams. Um, and and that, was, that, was, that was so cool. I remember uh, telling my mom, like, when I get in college, I'm going to have some drives where I don't miss a pass and we're going to score. It's going to look clean just like that. Um, so, you know, I've, I've looked up to his game for a long time. What would you consider a successful NFL career for Hendon Hooker? Mm -hmm. um, you know, coming in, learning. First of all, I just want to learn and soak up as much information as I can um, from vets and coaches uh, and players around me. Um, and, and then, you know, uh, you know, moving to Rookie of the Year, for sure, uh, winning, winning a conference championship, um, winning a Super Bowl. Um, so, and, uh, you know, having longevity, so playing this game for Sounds a Sounds like long the, time. the college goals mm -hmm. as you check yeah, them off. And mm -hmm. it's probably not a question you're, you're dying to answer from teams, but does anyone come to you and say, Hey, what would it be like if Hendon Hooker is the backup quarterback mm -hmm. for a short time? Yeah. How would you be as a teammate? Do you point back to your time under Joe Milton? Yeah, um, and, and not just you know at Tennessee, at, at Virginia Tech as well. You know, there's, there's, I've been in a quarterback competition my whole career except for this last year, and uh, that's the first thing you have to be is a great teammate. So um, you know, bringing that positive energy and that um, that leadership role, um, you know, from from my from my standpoint. Um, I can't immediately just jump in and, and try to, you know, step on toes. Uh, I have to learn and, and, you know, play a rookie's role. Um, but, um, you know, when it's, my, when it's my time, you know, to really take over, then I'll, uh, you know, put my big boy pants on and step up. Hendon Hooker with us here on Radio Row uh, in Phoenix. Bush's Baked Beans, mm -hmm. Bush's yeah. Best. A lot of Bush's advertising. I don't know it. any other baked beans other than Bush's. So yeah. the advertising has worked, apparently. 
You love it? Love it. Love it. We have a um, secret family recipe that my dad uh, prepares, uh, you know, for the family. Anytime we have any big family uh, dinners, um, and he passed it down to me. I remember I was on vacation, um, you know, for a couple of days on Fourth of July in Miami with uh, with Joe and a couple of my teammates. Uh, we went to work out at House of Athletes, and um, I asked my dad. I said, "Can I please have the recipe? Is it is it my time to finally have the recipe?" He was like, "Okay, you can have you, the recipe." You've now. entered true adulthood when your parents <laughs> right. are giving you the family right. recipe. I've, so congrats, you've, you've definitely matured well, into adulthood. Was there some spice to it? Like what? what no, makes it's kind of a um, kind of a sweet southern. Um, okay. Type of type of deal. You can't give away. A yeah, I can't give it too though, much. Right? Well, you're you not telling me the ingredient. Yeah, I'm just no, trying no. to taste it. Yeah, you know? definitely. So, so uh, the, the uh, sweet and tangy that you would take with uh, like barbecue. Yeah, yeah, great with barbecue. It's great with anything, honestly. Uh, you have rice with it. Uh, it's good for cookouts. Good for Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner. Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. I'm sure he'll he'll make it. My mom's probably requesting it uh, right now. So who wins on Sunday? I got the Eagles winning on Sunday. I got. I, got I think it's gonna be a really good league. game, start to finish this year. Yeah, I mean, that's it, the best it, team. I mean, I know it's gonna be a, a great game, uh, exciting game. Um, but I got a personal reason why I want the Eagles to win. I have uh, one of my childhood uh, friends, Mac McCain, who plays for the Eagles. So I, I definitely want him, you know, go out there and win a ring. But awesome. also, I have Trey Smith, you know, yeah, yeah, BFL. So that's that's big bro. So you know, I definitely want to see him get one too. But um, I think the Eagles win. Best of luck with uh, everything. I know that luck is uh, more uh, less involved than, than your hard work that you've put in. But uh, it, your, your attitude through all this, um, from being the backup, now the injury, um, mm -hmm. you know, the leadership qualities really, I, I felt like, showed out in yeah, there's, in there's Mobile. There's few more deserving than yeah. you are for a great career. Yes, so Thank best you. of luck. I appreciate moving forward. it. Thank you. Hendon Hooker has been our guest. Stay tuned. More coming from Radio Row here at Super Bowl 57. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Coming up in less than 15 minutes, Armando Salguero will join us here on Radio Row, plus Tim Brown, Sean Merriman, and more as Outkick 360 continues. 11-year offensive tackle veteran from the NFL, Marshall Newhouse, sits down with the Super Bowl champ with the Green Bay Packers, recently retired, doing some great things with the, the TCU program. His frogs doing great things on the yeah. field. Great to have you, man. Appreciate it, guys. Nice to meet you. Nice to be here, taking all this in and... Try not to lose yourselves a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a whirlwind, right? It is. It is. It's a lot of stuff. So um, are you keeping up with Aaron Rodgers um, <laughs> and everything going on there with the saga? Or does that interest you as a former teammate of his? It interests me from a personal level. Like, I just want good things for him. He's a good person. I know him. I know that to be true. And regardless of how football goes or whatever, I want his life to continue to be excellent. And so whatever he decides to do on his retreat, however he decides to kind of find whatever he's looking for. We mm -hmm. all have our own journeys, and I'm just not in a place of judgment, so I just want what's yeah. best for him. And uh, I want to see him play more ball and win more games, so hopefully that's what the conclusion he comes to. But whatever he decides, you know, I, I just have support for him as a former teammate. But you're not signing up for a four-day isolation retreat, Man, just, to be, you, just to be clear? Four hours in darkness, and I'm, I'm starting to talk to myself. So, so I don't know yeah, if I'm, no, I'm it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, I always feel like with a quarterback, in terms of how you rate them as a teammate, 
you just go ask their offensive line. Mm-hmm. If you're cool with the offensive line, you're cool. Yeah. Right? You're a, you're a good my, teammate. My barometer what? was always, could I, could I have a beer with you? Yeah. And that, he's one of those guys. Well, it's also how they treat their offensive linemen, yeah. how they talk to them during the game, on the sideline, everything. What was Aaron Rodgers like? No, he was great. And that's kind of the, the funny thing when you hear comments about, does he hang out with people outside? I'm like, guys have their own lives. Aaron is, what, 38, 39 now. Rookies who come in the league are 20, 21. Like, there's a gap there. There's a difference in life. Uh, segments that they're in, and so I, I didn't I didn't pay too much attention to that because he'd come with us to O line dinners sometimes, and he also kept to himself other times. He had family and friends around, so you know it's just a weird thing for someone to be petty about. Uh, and for fans who are on the outside looking in, guys don't hang out with each other all the time. Like there's so many strong personalities. I got taught this lesson early by my cousin Robert Newell and my dad. Like you're not gonna be friends with everyone in the locker room. You're about trying to get better as a teammate and, and play with each other, have yeah. a good working relationship at minimum, and then hopefully you make some friends off the field. And I've averaged two to three guys who I could call right now if I need anything. To me, that's a that's a great sign of success. And um, I, I definitely just want you know people to realize that that's not the norm. Not everyone has to be best friends with everybody. That's just not how it goes. Marshall Newhouse, our guest. I was joking yesterday. Um, what if he goes on this retreat and sees a vision and it says Chicago Bears? Oh, God. Or San Francisco 49ers. Can you imagine that discussion? Chances with are Bay, that's not going to happen. The Packers front office, if he comes in and says that, hey, the vision, yeah. this is what the vision said. you got to <laughs> trade me in the division. There's a lot of people who are supporting him. If he did that in division, there'd be a lot of people who'd, who'd, <laughs> who'd turn heel. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't see him do, going in division if that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, hopefully he gets, he gets some clarity. I'm not sure what, what your um, substance of choice or what your retreat of choice would be, but we probably all have our, our – our, 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 Dithers, whatever you call it, and he's chosen that, so good for him. So it's always the unexpected uh, joy in sports that's the most fun when there's not a lot of expectation. So what was that ride like in Sonny Dyke's first year at TCU this year where you're picked, I think, seventh maybe in the Big 12 coming into the season, you know, sort of middle of the pack to bottom of the pack to go all the way to the national championship game? I mean, you called them the cardiac frogs, just the way they were winning games, stuff like that. But even before that, you know, there was optimism because I feel like people would start settle, settling into it being a good hire, mm-hmm. but you just don't know. Uh, 20 years of Gary Patterson, uh, things are going to be different in so many different facets. So everyone's still in this, you know, collecting themselves phase. You're not even, you can't even really think about what football is going to look like. And so I started this role uh, with Frogs today doing a pregame, postgame show, getting to know the players, getting to know the staff, and you're seeing all the differences. The new D coordinator is running a 3-3-5. You're like, that's, I, I haven't seen that in my entire career at TCU. That's going to be weird to get used to. Well, they had some struggles early on in you know, getting behind the teams, but they adapted. And so you saw this team galvanize. You had your starting QB out of camp get hurt. This team galvanized around Max Duggan, who I don't know if there's another quarterback you could have brought in off your bench and then to lead the team to a season like this, to an undefeated regular season, uh, well, not without the Big 12 championship, but lead them to a national championship. So it was just really, really special. You could tell when they got down, I'll talk about the Oklahoma State game, you watch the sideline, and, and Sonny Dykes is not a screamer. He's not a yeller. You could tell the team took after that. You could tell these guys, their heads weren't down. It was kind of just like, okay. They reflected their head coach. Exactly. They, they followed the head coach, and, and they, they, each time that something weird was happening, there was no panic. Mm. And that's not a, a, something you can assume from a bunch of 17, 18, 19-year-olds. 19, 19 that's just that's tough to do. You see NFL guys freaking out. So the fact that you know they were responding in really healthy ways, now you got to go do it. you got to shut people down on defense to come back and go score points. But they continue to do it, and it didn't always look pretty. And 
you know, when we can start talking about the playoffs and how important that is. People had, you know, valid points about where they were and all that stuff, but they continue to win. They're like, let's just win. Let's figure out the rest, but we'll do our part and win, and they did it. So as a former player, as an alumni, it was just incredible to see and uh, made me very, very proud. You live in Austin, around yes. a lot of Longhorn fans, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, how awkward is that, this whole process of delaying the exit to the SEC for another two years? What's that been like living in Austin? I mean, it's not weird for everybody else. It's weird for them because, you know, yeah. they, they're moving on to greener pastures for, strictly for money. Let's just call it what it yep. is. And now they're getting hamstrung. They, they tried to – they thought they could hit the eject button in the Big 12 – uh, and Fox was like, eh, not so fast. <laughs> and so now they're going to have to figure stuff out, play in the, the new Big 12 for at least another two years, and then hopefully they'll, you know, hopefully they want to leave and they'll be let go. But it is a little awkward generally of like, hey, you guys are, you had your own network and there's a money disparity in the athletic departments. You wanted to leave, take more money. Okay, we get it. But now you're going to suffer a little bit of the embarrassment of like not being in complete control of your destiny. So. It's funny to me as a different team other than UT, uh, but, you know, they'll eventually, they'll win out. They're, they're doing okay in recruiting, but as we've seen in Texas' past, that doesn't always equate to wins. So they got to continue to do it on the field in the current Big 12, and then we can talk about the SEC when that comes. Marshall Newhouse has been our guest. Final 30 seconds here. The matchup on Sunday between Chris Jones and that Philadelphia offensive line. Are yeah, you going to be focused on that? Yeah, but, I mean, the trenches in general, but the, the Philly O-line has been the most dominant yeah. all season. Lane Johnson, Mayalata, J- uh, Jason Kelsey. But um, Chris Jones is, is a unique, um, gifted pass rusher. And what he does, as the game settles down, he starts to match up punt. So if he sees a weak link there, I think on the left side, Mayalata and uh, um, Dickerson, they have trouble with games, and Dickerson himself has trouble in pass protection. So I pay attention and see if Chris Jones spots something. He wants to take advantage on a third down, get a sack, get a, a rush, get a hurry, and he can impact the game absolutely. But, you know, Eagles line has been dominant. We'll see if they have to throw the ball, if they can stay dominant because they like to run block. Yeah. Um, and this is the best quarterback that that team has played, so maybe Pat Mahomes gets ahead. they got to play a different style of game. Marshall, pleasure, man. Yeah, Marshall it, Newhouse has Thanks, been Marshall. our appreciate guest. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hour number two in the books. Coming up, we will chat with Sean Merriman and more. And oh, Tim Brown's also in hour two. But when we come back, we kick it off with Armando Salguero on site, Radio Row, Super Bowl 57 on the Outkick Network.